here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Hello, everybody, and welcome to VOW Live. It is Rob McCarron here. We are joined by Joe Lanza at Joe M. Lanza or at Lanza Unfiltered. The great Lanza Unfiltered podcast is ready for you guys to listen to it. So it is it is up. It is running. It is all good to go. Joe, WrestleMania 32 is in the books. Your overall impressions from what was nearly a seven-hour show. It was a show. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what adjectives to use for this one. It was there. I, I, you know, I don't think it was necessarily terrible, but obviously there were some very questionable head-scratching booking decisions. The main event couldn't have been more of a dud. And there really wasn't a ton to take away from this show other than Shane McMahon attempting to kill himself. He did do that. He attempted to kill himself. That was a, uh, that was a spectacle there at the end for sure. But yeah, I, I mean, seven hours. Are you are you tired after the show now? Are you are you uh, are you ready for the weekend to be over? Because we still got three and a half more hours come tomorrow night. OK, so um, I mean, I'm tired because I just drove back from Dallas in the wee hours last night. and I woke up about two hours before the show started. Yeah. But um, the thing is, and, and I said this on the Voices of Wrestling podcast this past week when we did our preview, I don't really mind these marathon shows when it's WrestleMania or if it's Wrestle Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Those are my two exceptions. Those two shows can go as long as they want. Okay. These are these are the the year-end celebration so to speak for both companies and I think people kind of expect it. You settle into your couch and you know you're in for the long haul. It it, it just when the show is as dry and boring as this one was, my god, it just that's when you just that's when it settles in just how long the show really so you thought this show was dry and boring? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't see how it'd be pretty hard to come away with a different opinion, I think, honestly. I don't even think that's controversial. I mean, um, the best match on the show was probably a three-and-a-half-star, three-way oh, wow. women's title match. So um, unless you want to make an argument for the latter match, the opener, yeah. which was probably in the same range. Um, but, you know, that's a car crash match, though. I tend not to count those mm -hmm. for well, whatever reason. But I mean, other than that, I mean, other than that and the Shane McMahon, you know, attempted suicide, you know, <laughs> what else was there to take away from this show? I mean, everything else on the show was very, very dry. All right. Dry and boring. That is Joe Lanza on WrestleMania 32. We are going to talk about this show from top to bottom there. I mean, it was a long one. We had four, uh, four hours and 50 minutes on the main show, plus the two hour pre-show where matches were all spread out. A uh, long, long day for the people going into the building, too. I mean, they they couldn't get in. There was still half the crowd missing by the start, the start of the main show of WrestleMania. So that was a major issue coming out of uh, of this. That AT&T Stadium has had issues like this before when they hosted the Super Bowl that, you know, they got sued by a lot of fans who ended up not getting sit seats to the game because they oversold tickets for that show uh, for that Super Bowl. So, I mean, they've done this before where they just have trouble handling a crowd of this size, but we will talk about WrestleMania. I want to thank everyone who are currently watching on the uh, VOW YouTube live stream. 
Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. If you are watching on the YouTube page, you can join in the chat with other uh, with other fans here, with other listeners. I encourage you to hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up like button for us, please. That would be very nice of you uh, to like this video. And if you haven't already subscribed to the video, because we are creeping up, Joe, on 1,000 subscribers for this channel. So we are about to hit a milestone of our own tonight. We are about 15 subscribers away. So if you want to help us join that 1,000 subscriber club, that would be great of you. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. At Shake Them Ropes is the Twitter handle. Joe is at Lanza Unfiltered. If you have uh, questions or comments you want to get in and you can't join the live chat, hit us up on the Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. I am monitoring uh, that. And we will take calls later on in the show, too. We might spread a couple of calls out to see uh, your reaction of WrestleMania, to see if you side with Joe's dry and boring or my, this is one of my favorite WrestleManias ever. And that's a shoot, Joe. This WrestleMania had a ton of stuff that I enjoyed. We're going to have a fun show then because I I have no clue whether you're being sarcastic or not. Oh, no, I, can't. I, I am not being sarcastic. I have no reason, I think, to to be sarcastic right now. Um, I mean, I enjoyed a lot of the matches on this show. I thought the pre-show was excellent. There were matches that exceeded expectations. Uh, you had the cool appearances of Steve Austin, The Rock, Mick Foley, Shawn Michaels, who looked like he could main event Raw tomorrow. Uh, and there was a lot of good stuff on this show. So we'll kind of get to that uh, top to bottom. We'll see if maybe one of us changes our minds or if uh, the people in the chat room are correct by calling me crazy. We got a lot of what's going on. We got a lot of your crazy Robs. Uh, so, uh, Rob, you are on planet crazy. People are in the chat room. They're asking if I was drunk. I was not drunk. I am completely sober. Uh, so I will explain my positions probably inarticulately, uh, here throughout the show. Uh, Joe, we had the kickoff, uh, was Callisto and Ryback. The first match of the night went eight minutes in front of nobody in the crowd, because like I said, they had problems ushering in the crowd. Callisto finally gets on a uh, singles match at WrestleMania. What'd you think? I thought it was just a match, but I mean, that's fine. It's the dark match opener. So, you know, you're not really expecting a ton, but Here's what I found interesting about this. Mm-hmm. Callisto is the member of Lucha Dragons getting the singles push. Right. Yep. He ends up on the pre-show with nobody in the building. Sin Cara ends up on the main show by virtue of being booked in a segment where he was the butt of a joke for being one of Kevin Owens' designated jobbers, and he ends up getting on the main show. Something about that isn't right. The guy getting the push on the pre-show, the guy treated like a you know a joke in a jobber segment ends up on the main show. So I thought that was a little odd. Yeah. And yeah, it is interesting because Sin Cara also, I mean, Sin Cara, no matter who is under that mask seems to go crazy in these ladder matches. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. You're right. You're right. Ryback came in here and they had a pretty good match. I thought, I mean, it was a basic one and I thought it was disappointing. Most of the timeline that I saw on my Twitter feed was a lot of disappointment. They were happy that Callista was on WrestleMania, but also sad because I mean, he had to work all the way to WrestleMania to finally get back to working in front of crowds of 200. There was just no one in there. There was just no one in the building because everyone was outside, unable to see the show. Uh, So it's kind of like, in a way, not on such a large scale, but it's kind of like Daniel Bryan getting 18 seconds on WrestleMania. It's kind of like Daniel Bryan and Sheamus getting on the kickoff show of WrestleMania a few years ago. Uh, It has that kind of sense of this guy worked all year to get into this shitty spot when it is as it turned out, the Battle Royal guys got on the main show and Sin Cara got on the main show. Zack Ryder got on the main show. We were all amazed at that. And then he goes on to win his match. So hopefully Callisto can kind of change things going on the next year. But this was the match that really kind of overdid expectations for me. One of uh, a couple of matches that did the total divas versus bad and blonde. It got 12 minutes. They went in there. Uh, Eva Marie hit her sliced bread. 
And what do you think of Team Total Divas going in here? Were you bored for 12 minutes or were you wondering, okay, how how is this happening? Oh, no, no. This match over-delivered. Yes. This was a totally watchable... Look, I thought it was going to be really bad because some of the people in the match are obviously very bad. Mm -hmm. And the people that are very bad in this match uh, were going to be or were presumed to be heavily featured based on the build. So I was in fear that this was going to be an absolute train wreck, but it over-delivered. It was a perfectly fine match, and I think they did a great job hiding Lana and Eva Marie. They got in, they did their heavily practiced spots, and they got the fuck out before they embarrassed themselves. And they let people like Paige and whoever else carry things. So I apologize as I'm getting a text message here. But uh, yeah, Joe but is yeah, so- Joe is still experiencing the uh, the mic issues. So uh, I want to thank Joe obviously for doing the show despite his microphone not working. And we're doing the old the old laptop uh, thing here where we're back in the 2005 era of podcasting. So. I do appreciate yeah, it, Joe. I, uh, unfortunately, I did not have time to get a new mic between being in Dallas and getting home late last night. So yeah, no, you uh, you had a big weekend. Like crap, I apologize. You had a big weekend because you were uh, you were at all the WrestleMania festivities up until tonight. You were there for uh, what the NWA show. You you went to an NWA show, a CD Lucha show, as well as Evolve shows both days. I think you might have been one of the only. Were there even anyone else that hit that trifecta of of events this weekend? Did you see anyone all three times? Yes. Did you? Aaron Quinn. Okay. Wait, at Miss Aaron Quinn on Twitter, every show I went to, I turned around and there she was. So we hung out frequently in Dallas. She uh, she hit, and let me tell you, she hit all of the uh, WrestleCon events. She hit all of the WrestleMania Access events. She has to be like three different people. She was everywhere the entire weekend. So I was not the champion in that regard. That would be Aaron Quinn. And hopefully she's listening to this. I think she is. What a trifecta of shows there. You're right. They, they hid Lina, their Lana in this 10-woman uh, tag team match, the Total Divas against Bad and Blonde. They hid Lana. Uh, Emma came out. All of them seemingly got new gear and new stuff for this WrestleMania. They were all looking fantastic in the ring. A lot of guys got new gear on this show. A lot of the women got new gear on this show. Uh, but you're right. They gave it 12 minutes. Combining that with the, the uh, women's championship match that we'll talk about later, you know, the women on WrestleMania got about 28 minutes, 29 minutes of uh, of wrestling on this six hour show, which is much better than what WWE usually does on a WrestleMania. Uh, and of course, we had the Brie Bella victory, Brie Bella basically retiring. I don't know if she'll work one more time on Raw, uh, but that was basically the uh, the goodbye for both the Bellas. You know, Nikki Bella came out with a neck brace. Uh, what do you think about the end of the Bella era in WWE? I think that. It's funny on the pre-show they nailed the finishes properly, which, <laughs> which they uh, the booking was much better on the pre-show than it was on the main show. That's exactly how that match should have ended. So, and they really benefited by getting bumped to the pre-show because they got far more time than they would have gotten on the on the main show. So, it, I think it worked out for them from that perspective. I'm sure they were bummed that they weren't on the pay-per-view portion. Yep. But the match did get some extra time because of it. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did get some uh, some extra time, and they kind of spread it out. It was it was funny with the Callisto and Ryback match because it was supposed to start at 5.35. They announced it would start about a half an hour into the show. And they ended up going into the ring about 5.50 uh, Eastern time because they were trying to wait for a few more people to come in uh, to the building. They got, you know, steadily, uh, steadily uh, the people were coming in and they uh, they showed up for this Total Divas match. I thought, it, you're right, it blew away expectations. And then you had the Usos and the Dudleys, which to me might have been the only uninteresting match of this entire show. 
this is the match where it main evented the pre-show, if you can call it that. The crowd was really into the Dudley Boys, and by the time the Usos came in and actually did the big table spot at the end, the crowd was kind of kind of heelish on the Usos. They wanted to see the Dudley Boys do their gimmick, not the Usos to steal the Dudley Boys gimmick. You think some of that could have been because what few people were there, and by the time this match hit, I, I, it was starting to fill up a bit. It was but, about regular, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's because a lot of people that that had managed to get into the building at that point were your hardest of the hardcore fan who had premium seats who maybe got in, uh, you know, or were the first people in line maybe at six o'clock in the morning waiting to get in the building? That could have played a factor. So I, you know, I don't know if that's the case no, or not. But. You're right because they were also the people that were there super early. Their only event that day was WrestleMania, and for a lot of them who were in super early, their only event of the weekend might have been WrestleMania too. You know, they made right. sure to get there early. And these are also pros who have probably been to past WrestleManias, and they were like, "We're not going to let any door issues stop us. We're not going to let any, you know, a hundred thousand people. If you knew a hundred thousand people were going to come in, you're not going to risk it and get there an hour before the showtime." Right. Right. Yeah. But. You're also correct in that the match was just, it was, talk it was about there. a nothing match. It was there. It was nothing. I mean, no one's going to remember that. No one's going to remember the table spots. They'll show it next year when the Usos are in WrestleMania that, hey, they got a cool WrestleMania moment last year. But uh, yeah, no, it, it wasn't much anything. You're right. The pre-show booking was uh, kind of how it should have gone. Callisto should have had the big win. Total Divas, uh, they should have gotten the win with Brie Bella getting the victory. And the Usos probably for that story probably should have gotten the win too. Uh, so the booking right, then, was 100%. And then putting them through the tables too to pay off the, yeah. you know, go off the angle and, and pay everything off. I yeah. mean, booking on the pre-show was excellent, but yeah. now uh, we're going to get into uh, some sloppy stuff. We get into the main show, uh, and the first match on the show was the Intercontinental Championship match. I I'm trying to figure out if there's anything on the pre-show that I wanted to mention before we uh, before we get there. Oh, not really. I want to talk about this Zack Ryder win. Zack Ryder gets the win on the WrestleMania Intercontinental Championship ladder match, which seemingly came out of nowhere on the pre-show as Booker T and all the gang were predicting who was going to win the matches. Booker T basically laughed off Zack Ryder as like the only one who had zero shot. And I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought, okay, Booker T, that's what Booker T would say. Zack Ryder's kind of a nobody. Why on earth would he actually win? Um, but then here we are. Zack Ryder gets the win in the Intercontinental Championship match. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were going at it a lot. I think the only two people to really have a memorable moment before Zack Ryder's win were Sin Cara and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn did the big dive, then the DDT on Owens. Uh, Sin Cara went in there and just did the crazy spot where he jumped from the top of the ladder to down and killed Stardust. Um, did you take anything away from this uh, championship match? And then what's next for uh, Zack Ryder? I really liked this match. It's neck and neck, like I said, with the uh, women's title three-way for my favorite match of the night. And there's a lot to unpack here. Number one, I'm happy for Zack Ryder, I think. Um, and first of all, good thing Booker T was on the panel and not Vic Venom because, uh, you know, he would have gave it away. But yeah. Booker T did a nice job. Um, maybe inadvertently. Who knows? I don't even know if those guys know the finishes. But um, I'm happy for Zack Ryder, and I, and I like the way they handled it. I mm -hmm. like how they, they had his father come in the ring and give him a hug. And then not only that, after the following match, they did the little cutaway interview with Maria Menounos yeah. with Ryder to, to help, you know, and, and they didn't have anybody come in and spoil it. They didn't have nope. like sore loser Kevin Owens ruin the moment or anything like that. So this is a guy who's been on the right, who, you know, he debuted in March of 2007. He's never been on WrestleMania proper. He had that brief period where, where, he, where he actually managed to get himself over. And, I, you know, it's just this was a feel good moment. This was, this was good stuff. I don't know how long this is going to last. Probably not long, Yeah. but uh, I'm happy for him. And, and he's a guy who does work hard and he just, you know, he, he punches the clock. He brings his lunch pail and yeah, it's a nice little story. 
Number two, Sin Cara was excellent yes. in this match. I think I thought he was the star of the match. No one gave him a chance, though. There, the crowd was absolutely negative, kind of on him and Stardust on this show. They weren't giving him much of a chance, but Sin Cara goes out there, and when he give, when he gets the chance, he proves that he really does belong. Look, I've always liked the guy. Yeah. I think Hunico is a solid worker, and and uh, I think people are hard on him a lot of times because it's just the stigma of that fucking mask, right? And yeah. um, I I think they they might need to get away from that mask with this guy somehow and just then just punt this character. I don't know how many Sinkara masks they're selling. I presume it look, I presume it's not too many, but maybe I'm wrong. And maybe well, you know, that character does. You got Callisto there. Her. Yeah, you got Callisto there. So I mean if you're trying to sell masks, you know, sell Callistos. Right. Yeah. So I mean it's a shame because I think you're one hundred percent right. I think it's the stigma of the character more than anything else, because the guy can go and he had the other spot, too, where earlier in the match where they knocked him off the ladder, but he yeah. landed on the ropes and then did a springboard uh, flippity flop to the outside on yeah. the guys waiting for him. And nobody caught him. I felt so bad for the guy. Nobody, it was nobody like caught the parting well, of the Red Sea and he landed flat on his ass because, you know, who was right there when he was coming down? The person front and center who was right there to catch him was the Miz who never catches anyone. Yeah, it's it, ridiculous. I mean, the guy could have killed himself. They and there were there were three other guys too, and it's like they all just got out of the way. I felt terrible for the guy. You had but, uh, you had the young bucks tweeting out their spot from PWG on one of these shows that just recently came out because the young bucks did that in a match. So I wonder if someone's been studying their tapes. Uh, Zach Ryder gets the win here. Is the over under on his title reign from this very moment right now is twenty three hours? Joe, does it go over or under that? Over. Okay, so you don't think he loses tomorrow? Basically, no, but I don't is. think it. I if if you made it thirty days, I I I'd have a harder decision on my hands. I tell you what, if I made it thirty, yeah, because you got uh, I think payback is May first, right? So the next pay per view is coming up really early in May. Um, I think we're gonna get someone. I don't know if it's gonna be a call up or if it's a surprise like Kevin Owens wins it back because we've had that before too, uh, where Wade Barrett lost the title the night before and then wins it back on raw the next night. I think it was the Miz too. I think the Miz beat Wade Barrett and then uh, Wade Barrett, or maybe it was Ray Mysterio. One of those two. Uh, I think, I, I think someone's beaten Zack Ryder tomorrow. And if you're right, and that does happen, I don't have a major problem with that, right. depending on who it is and how it comes off, because this was the moment here. You know, yeah. he doesn't need a real long run now. That's, you know, that's just a sale. They could no. have done that with him years ago, and they, they, they missed their chance and with that. he even said it in the promo. He said it in the promo right after the win that, you know, if he died tomorrow, everything was great in wrestling because he had a WrestleMania moment. And that's a better WrestleMania moment than a lot of people get. I mean, if the Usos' best moment in WrestleMania is them going through a table on a pre-show, I'd take Zack Ryder's moment over that. You know, even Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger has that ladder match win. People aren't going to remember the match or who was in it. They're going to remember that he won money in the bank. Uh, so I, I think that Zack Ryder uh, gets his moment here. I think he's happy with it. But tomorrow, I don't know if it's going to be someone coming up or if they uh, just do a surprise title win with uh, Kevin Owens again. But I would say the payback match is not going to be Zack Ryder defending the title. That's what uh, my prediction will be. And then we got into a string of how many in a row was it? For me, it was a string of one, two, three, four, four really interesting results in a row uh, to where it really signified that this was the Vince McMahon show. Like if you are kind of in our uh, little community here, our show was Friday night. I tweeted this out. Our show was Friday night. Vince's show was tonight, Sunday at WrestleMania. We had AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. And at first I wasn't, I was, I was kind of surprised that there was no, uh, there was no stipulation in this match. Like it was, it was just a singles match. Um, and then Chris Jericho goes in there and wins, which evens their series at two apiece. 
Uh, Chris Jericho winning was a bit of a surprise, and he kicked out of the Styles Clash again. AJ Styles, Chris Jericho got 17 minutes. Your take, Joe? It was a slow burn sort of match, uh-huh. and I think I think it was the third best match on the show. Um, it was a good match. It 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 came it, you know it, it fell short of being a great match. Mm-hmm. It was a little sloppy at times, but you're gonna get that with Jericho. You look, you got that with Jericho in his prime. You're gonna get it when he's pushing fifty or whatever he is. Um, yeah, the finish was kind of baffling. I, I think the whole world thought that AJ Styles would win this and then move on to to bigger and better things in the company. Yeah. Um, I, I, I presume he has to continue on with Jericho now. I mean, otherwise he looks like a complete idiot it, if he just you know moves on to another feud. Right. Tied to two, uh, two. I, I feel like they have to do it again. I don't know if it'll be on raw tomorrow or they wait again all the way to payback when really no one wants to see it, but they got to do it again. They do. And you know, it's, it's, it's dragging on now. I think people are tired of this matchup and this was the yeah. logical place to end it. So I don't get it, but, um, I was, I was expecting a better match than this. I thought Jericho would be motivated to have a great match, and maybe he was. And look, it's not like they went out there and bombed. It was a solid match. It was. Uh, I thought it was pretty solid. They really uh, they did a lot of stuff. They It was sort of like a WWE pay-per-view main event match where at the end they were kicking out of each other's finishers. They were also incorporating the the Lion Tamer, the Walls of Jericho into it. I don't. I was not specifically looking for this because I didn't expect them not to do it, but I don't believe AJ Styles went for the calf crusher once. Am I wrong? He did. He did. did. Okay. But he he didn't do it a lot, though. No, he did not. And the one time he locked it on, it was so early in the match that it was impossible to buy. No, you're right. That's right. It was it was one of the earlier things. So that's uh, that's true. I I was I was watching after the words and I, I was, you know, are they just not doing that finish anymore? Did they go right to the forearm? They kind of bring back the Styles clash here a little bit. Chris Jericho kicks out again. Uh, I'll tell you what, Rob, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be shocked because now his forearm has a name. They're calling it the phenomenal forearm. Oh, yeah. So I would not be surprised if that's his new finish. Well, it is. Uh, Oh, that's his finish for sure. Like, I think if I go to the WWE website right now, it used to be the Styles Clash listed as his finish. I bet the phenomenal forearm is listed as his signature move. I'm going to look that up. Sure. Because he he came in as the Styles Clash as his finish started using the calf cutter and yep. now they've given his forearm a name i i think you're right i think they've moved on to this and i mean geez can you it's just unbelievable i mean it just keeps getting worse for this guy and and look it may even be his idea for all we know because mm-hmm. maybe he feels like in the wwe environment it's it, it's a better move in terms of reversals like we saw tonight and and things of that nature um just the way that he set it up tonight gave right. me the impression that this is his move now he had that look on his face he got all fired up and uh, and he went for it, and it was reversed into the code breaker for the loss. I mean, what's next? Is he going to start using a uh, you know a vertical suplex as a finish? I mean, how much further down the ladder can you go? <laughs> I mean, this is it, it really is amazing. But the finish here too also reeked of sort of uh, Vince saying, "Well, you know, we we've got to put this guy in his place and make him pay his dues before we start throwing wins at him." It, there was a bit of a whiff of that as well. Um, which which everyone from the outside that made any kind of name outside the company has to go through. But it's really amazing if you if you went into a coma after his Royal Rumble appearance and his Royal Rumble performance yeah. and you woke up today and I told you everything that happened and you watched this match, mm-hmm. you would be stunned. But yeah. I think at this point, for those of us who are not in a coma and have seen it play out, we're not even surprised anymore. This guy's on the mid card hamster wheel and he's firmly there. 
And uh, this was not the match to get him off of it. It, it was amazing because WrestleMania a few years ago, you know, Chris Jericho put over Fandango, but Fandango was a WWE guy. It's not like he was an outsider who's coming in. Now AJ Styles comes in and uh, Chris Jericho probably willing to uh, to lose. I mean, he's been willing to lose so far twice, but Vince did not want to get AJ Styles. It, it, it is kind of saying, you know, Vince McMahon is out there saying, I'm going to give you all the guys you want, but don't expect him to win anything. This is still my show. So AJ Styles doesn't get the win. That was result number one in a row that I thought was really weird. Um, do you, I mean, I, I think they have to continue. AJ Styles and Chris Jericho have to continue. I don't know what's next or if, uh, you know, AJ Styles gets a group or Chris Jericho comes in and just leaves. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to. If, if Jericho, if Jericho goes away, uh-huh. which he's apt to do after WrestleMania, he is. Styles looks like a complete buffoon if he just yeah. moves on to the next guy. Right. After losing the he, feud, he loses the feud, even though they were both two and two, but that would be considered right. losing the feud for sure. Correct. Yeah. Uh, this WWE website, Joe, is useless. Um, they don't list the finishers anymore at all in the bio. So uh, I guess that works for AJ Styles. We don't have to know what his finisher is because they don't list it. So much for that. Uh, the League of Nations beat the New Day. The New Day getting so much hype. The New Day turning babyface, being uh, again one of the hotter acts in the company. League of Nations come here minus King Barrett. And they get the win over the New Day in what was two of two for strange booking decisions. And then you had the old stars come out. You had Steve Austin, you had Shawn Michaels, you had Mick Foley. So then I can kind of figure, okay, well, if this is all in a vacuum, they did it for entertainment for this one night. Of course, the heels would win because then they got to get one upped by the old stars. Uh, What'd you make of this segment? Okay, I don't really care. I don't mind that the League of Nations won the match. First of all. I thought it was still for the titles. I was completely lost. Yeah, so, no, you know, it I was, was never for the titles. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm lost. Yeah. I don't know what I was talking about. Well, it, was supposed to, it was supposed to be four on three. They hyped it as a four on three handicap match on the pre-show, and then they ended up doing only three on three. So that was something that they couldn't even communicate to themselves what it was. I have to be honest. I didn't even notice it was only three on three. Yeah. Who, did, who didn't work the match? Barrett? King, King Barrett was, uh, he was with them and stood on the, uh, stood on the floor the whole time and was announced as not part of the match. Okay. But obviously he factored into the finish with the bull hammer. That's right. Yep. Factored Um, in the finish. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. The league of nations are, you know, they, they started off as a big deal, but it took exactly one week for them to just become buffoons. But even with that said, I don't have a problem with them winning uh, the match necessarily, but here's the thing. If you're going to have those legends come out and clean house on them, Okay, you can't have them beat New Day and then have the legends come out and say it because you make New Day look awful. Okay, here's there was an easy solution to this. You could have had New Day win the match. You could have had League of Nations uh, do a four on three attack in the post match and then have the babyface legends save the day and clean house. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have your hot act in New Day lose to these guys and then get their asses saved by the 50 year old men. It's just baffling. And it's the reason it's part of the reason that this company is forced or they feel the need that they're forced to load up this show every year with the legends because the people on the roster themselves aren't as over as the three guys who came down in this match or the rock later on, who was the most over person on the show. And this is part of the problem. And, uh, you know, this match here is just it exemplifies a lot of the problems with this company. 
Yeah, I thought the finish was interesting, but then I kind of forgave them because the Legends came out, and then the Legends take care of uh, the League of Nations, who, again, like you mentioned, when the League of Nations formed, for one week they were important. They were feuding with Roman Reigns, and then they went to mid-card foils, and I don't really care about it, and New Day a month ago were kind of toiling as, as nobodies, and they built themselves back up uh, entering this show, so it, it was more for the entertainment of the live crowd, entertainment for the people viewing at home who wanted to see the Legends, and this was the best place for them to do that. Uh, but not, Rob, uh, but Rob, why no. at the expense of one of the few acts on the roster that's actually over? I mean, that's that's where I have a problem. Oh, I, with. oh yeah, I agree. But WrestleMania is going to be a card where you put all of the best people on it, right? So you're kind of no matter where they put this segment in, if they if they decide to do it, no matter where they put it, they're going to sacrifice someone who is seemingly important to the show. Well, not if New Day wins the match yeah. and then are being beaten down. That's then true. you just have the legend save them. And then on top of that, then he's, you know, then he's given a stunner to Xavier Woods. <laughs> right. Like, so I don't know. I, just, I don't know. It, 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 and that's and that's one of the hotter acts on the company. I it mean, is. If, it no, I agree. The, I, if it wasn't one of the hotter acts in the company, I wouldn't be, you know, throwing a fit right now. Right. And I'm not even a big New Day fan. They've jumped the shark for me. I, you know, I'm not even entertained by them anymore. I, I find them a little cringy, to be honest. Yeah. But I recognize that they're hot and people are into them. And you know, that's the last act on the roster that I would have put in this position. Do you think it has anything to do with maybe they thought, you know, stunning Xavier and seeing Biggie and Kofi's reaction would be worth the entertainment value? Like, you know, who cares if we stun Xavier? We're going to you're going to you know get what? the entertainment of them looking and reacting to that. Stunning Xavier isn't as as a big isn't as of a big deal as the fact that they lost the match and mm -hmm. then had to be saved by the 50 year old. man. Yeah. Again, yeah. if they had won the match and then we're on the, on the wrong side of a four on three numbers game beat down and were saved they don't look bad and that that they don't look bad at all right uh, they look they looked really bad here because they lost the match again thank you for everyone who is uh joining our live stream this will be up on a uh on the podcast version the audio of this will be up as a uh featured podcast within the next uh probably three hours after we end this show so thank you for listening on demand too if you couldn't join us live but subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash voices of wrestling is the YouTube channel. And Joe, we hit a milestone. During this show, we got our 1,000th subscriber. Tremendous job. And Rob, uh, you know, you're the one who has taken on the YouTube page as your own personal project. And, and you've really uh, driven all of the content and have been the one that's done all of the work. And we kind of stay out of your way and let you do your thing. So uh, uh, great job there, Rob. All right. Well, thank you for that. And thank you, uh, everyone who is a part of our 1,000 subscribers on this show we're we're hitting a record of live views too so that's really cool thank you all for uh for joining us out here uh we had three of three in weird booking decisions and if you would have let me know before the show that there were going to be maybe this set of winners maybe another set of winners i think this would have been my last pick i did not expect for chris jericho for the league of nations and for brock lesnar to all three win their matches. I would have never thought it possible, but here we had a no holds barred street fight, which could have given, you know, Brock Lesnar, all the excuses in the world to lose. And uh, Brock Lesnar wins it. He suplexes Dean Ambrose all the way over the place. The match ended abruptly uh, at about 13 minutes. Uh, it seemed like they were going for much more than that, but uh, Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose, I was not thrilled with the in ring during this match. And I wasn't thrilled with the finish really. Uh, it was a very questionable thing. Did you uh, did you feel like this was more one of the more questionable decisions of the night? Uh, well, I thought it was a a fifty fifty coming in. Okay. Um, but I kind of have a feeling that 
now that we've seen the rest of the show play out, that they're probably going to move towards Lesnar and Reigns. Yeah, because be. Roman still needs to, you know, he needs to beat Brock, which he which he was on the verge of doing last year before the cash in. So we need to see that play out. But I, you know, I, but who knows? I could be looking at it way too intricately. It, Who knows? It's very possible they keep him separated for for all time, so that he can't right. get the win back, and Brock Lesnar remains strong without having to uh, ever lose. Right, but the match itself, the way it was laid out, was 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 part was kind of baffling because it yeah. was essentially an extended squash. Um, Dean didn't get much offense at all. Now I expected him to take the long beating, yeah, but then you know do the Dean act of of being insane and not being able to be killed and then make his comeback and then do whatever finish you're going to do. But his comebacks never really came. Right. Um, throw some, you know, throw some weapon shots in there or something. So you can, you know, yeah, but no, you're go on. Sure. Yeah. But it, it was a, it was a strong dominant win for Brock, which makes me think, okay, this has to be the guy that they're, 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 they're setting up for reigns here. Right. Uh, we are going to keep talking about this show, but the, uh, I'm opening up the phone lines. I feel like a, uh, like an idiot. Now I wasn't paying attention to the phone lines, uh, on Skype cause I hadn't been, uh, I hadn't been opening the phones yet, and we had uh, someone call in that I hope is listening and would call back. Uh, I'm sorry I did not answer your uh, answer your call there, uh, but we're going to open up the phone lines here in a little bit. If you uh, called before, try to call back. I'm looking for the WrestleMania 32 preview that we did on the website because uh, I was part of that, and I honestly cannot remember if I thought that Brock Lesnar or Dean Ambrose would win going in because after the fact, I, I have the worst memory of all time. Uh, that's no That's no surprise. Uh, but I, I really thought that uh, that we were all unified on this one. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar. Sean Flynn, our former Raw reviewer, was the only one on the VOW preview panel to actually pick uh, Brock Les- or Dean Ambrose to win. So he's disappointed. The rest of us thought Brock Lesnar would win, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised that much. But I, I'm just surprised at the combination of of all these people winning. Actually, we we include Charlotte. I'm I'm surprised the combination of these four all won. Uh, Charlotte, not so much just by itself, but all four of them winning was a surprise to me. You had a lot of heel domination early on this WrestleMania show. Uh, Charlotte getting the win, the new women's championship. Uh, they did the the men's belt basically just with a white leather strap and saying women's championship on it. So it's a cool looking belt. Uh, what would you think about the new title, the new push towards the women's division and uh, the uh, Charlotte victory? This was the biggest women's match in this company and maybe in wrestling overall since the brawl to end it all, Wendy Richter, fabulous Moolah match on MTV in 1984, which popped that big rating on MTV, which I think to this day is still the highest rated program in MTV history. Yeah. I think it did like a nine or 10 rating or something ridiculous. This was the biggest women's match in this company and in wrestling overall since that 1984 match. And I think it, 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 and because of that, I'm not wrapped up in the finish. I'm really not. I'm not wrapped up in who won. I'm not wrapped up in the finish. I have no problem with Charlotte winning. Um, okay, Ric Flair holding Sasha Banks' leg to prevent her from breaking it up. I know everybody wanted a nice, clean finish here, mm-hmm. but um, you're not in NXT anymore. Right. This is the main roster, and this is what they do, and you kind of got to kind of expect those things. But I think the finish. And the winner is secondary. This was a landmark match and really the most important women's match in, in over 30 years of pro wrestling. And I think that's what people need to focus on. Yeah, very important. We'll get back to this match. We have a caller on the line. Uh, Jeff, are you there? 
I am here, but I may have a bad connection. You can hang up. You are anytime. you are super loud. Get in a quiet place and call back. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, that, that was uh, that was loud. That was Jeff Hawkins, my co-host on Shake Them Ropes, who was trying to call in, who is live at this show. Uh, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if he wants to call in back. You're right. Very important. Uh, not so much for just the victor of this match, but the fact that they were pushing it heavily. These got these girls, these women got 16 minutes on this on this show. Uh, so they they got a good match time. They went out there and had one of the better matches of the night. You know, you're calling it the best match of the night. Uh, yeah, I thought it was impressive. You know, the crowd really wanted to see Sasha Banks. And for one of the first times, like maybe not even since Trish and eventually it might be more on the level, even higher than Trish, where they didn't just see Sasha Banks as a women's star. They saw her as one of the stars of the show, period. And and Becky Lynch is starting to get a little bit more of that. Uh, Charlotte right now is a big time heel. She'll probably eventually go babyface and get a big time uh, push from from her run, not just by her name, but the, you know what she's doing in the ring. Uh, very important match. You're right. And, and Sasha Banks and Charlotte now can kind of, uh, in my view, I think Charlotte, excuse me, Charlotte and Sasha will now go one-on-one. This will be a situation where they did the three-way. They got that out of the way. Now the program is Sasha Banks, who was kept out of the finish going up against Charlotte. Do you think they might go that singles direction or were you going to see uh, some more, uh, some more interaction with Becky Lynch? Maybe someone comes up on Monday that a lot of people are really excited about. Where do you see them going with these two? No, I think you're right. I think Lynch is out of the picture now. She took the loss. No. Uh-huh. And I think, I th- see, honestly, I think it was too soon for Sasha Banks to win. Okay. I, I think that a lot of us in our hardcore sort of bubble are all wrapped up. You have to remember, NXT history really doesn't count. Okay? It's really only what has happened since these people have gotten to the main roster. And, and honestly, I don't think Sasha has been built up enough to win the title. I, I was okay with, with Charlotte retaining. Um, I, I don't think Sasha's ready. I think this is part of getting her ready the big win so you have to look at it through the eyes of the 11 year old sitting there with his parents you know what i mean it's, it's to them sasha isn't the, the big deal that she is like she is to us who've been following her from nxt uh, onward so i didn't have a problem with that so yeah i think you're right i think this moves into Sa- uh, sasha and charlotte now i think becky kind of moves out of the picture a little bit mm-hmm. but becky was a very important catalyst for oh, this sure. feud and 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 did a lot of the dirty work early on when a lot of when, when Sasha wasn't over at all, when Sasha was there was a point not too long ago where Sasha was a complete non-entity on the main roster. She was behind Naomi in the pecking order, and and honestly, she didn't do anything to to not to, to deserve to be ahead of Naomi at that point. Yeah. So we're just seeing the beginnings of Sasha's ascension on the main roster. So I I, I didn't have a problem with Charlotte retaining at all. And quickly on Charlotte, yep. I, you know, a lot of people are down on Charlotte. I've yeah, I don't know. I I enjoy her work. I think she's she's an excellent heel. Um, I'm not nearly as down on her in-ring as some other people are, but I'm not as nearly as high on it as the other end of the spectrum is. I'm sort of in the middle on that. And I thought she was very good in this match. I thought the moonsault off the top rope to the outside was one of the best moves of the night. It was yeah. smooth. It looked great. It really took that match up another notch. I think Charlotte's doing a great job. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think she's she's playing her role really well, and she's very important. She's, she's very important to this role because you have someone uh, that the fans just don't want to see. And I really wish they would do more of this with like Roman Reigns. Uh, they did this with uh, they've done this with people before where if they're going to be hated, if they're not going to be seen as the upper echelon, kind of use that to your advantage. Make that a reason why people aren't going to use or uh, cheer them. And they haven't figured that out quite yet with Roman Reigns. They just want to make Roman Reigns the guy, despite him proving probably not ready to be that. Probably not ready to be that. 
I, I am I crazy here though? And I've asked people in the chat, you know, if they what was their best match of the night? Because I think you're probably uh, with a lot of folks that think the women's triple threat was the best match of the night. But am I crazy for thinking this combination of victories uh, from Brock Lesnar, the League of Nations, and Chris Jericho? It's not so much that they were crazy individually, but those three. I mean, I, I just couldn't think it was possible. So oh, yeah, by this point in the show, I think everyone was scratching their head going, what the hell is going on in the show? Yeah, it, yep. w- it was really, I, I think the Charlotte victory kind of cemented that. Brock Lesnar was getting me thinking that, and then Charlotte victory cemented that because you had heel, 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 heel. And it was just really weird. I just think, I think people are, you know, there's a lot of people upset that Flair interfered and that Charlotte won. See the forest through the trees here, okay? Gone, you know, the brawn panties matches are gone. The, the trashy diva's name is gone. You know, you got the women's belt now. You're calling it, you know, the women's division. This is this is a very important match, okay? You're going to look back on this match. You know, the failed diva's revolution is now firmly in the rear view, okay? The, 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 the ascension of women in this company started tonight. Yes. Okay, they thought they started it with Stephanie McMahon with that ill-conceived angle, no. but it really started tonight, okay? And I think people really need to focus on that as opposed to Ric Flair holding on to Sasha Banks' leg. Because that's not important in the grand scheme. Because you're right. That is a story. We got a lot of uh, Twitter, you know, feedback from people. Um, You know, a a woman, they finally bring back the women's division. And a man needed to help the woman woman win. I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, Ric Flair is Charlotte's manager right now. Can we not look past that it was just a heel manager helping the heel win? You know, other angle, there have been plenty of women who have helped men win championships, Stephanie McMahon being a big one of them. Uh, but yeah, there were there were uh, some people on the timeline kind of getting antsy that the fact that Ric Flair had to help. Our good friend Dylan Waco uh, was one who was questioning that. Uh, Dylan Hales was questioning the fact that why did a man have to help Charlotte win the new women's championship when you're trying to make the women's division a much more important part of the show? Um, I I'm with, I'm with you. I just look at it as a heel manager, helping the heel win. And that's what wrestling is. You know, heels will cheat. It's what happens. It's equality. If it's anything else. I'm going to leave you alone on that one, buddy. That one's, that one's for you to deal with. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to deflect some of the heat that I'm going to get and, and put it on Joe Lanza, who's a heat magnet, but you for the one, the one time in your life, Joe, you stay silent on an issue and just let me sink. <laughs> And let me die. You uh, die on your island on that one. But, Under- uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, yes, I agree. All right. The Undertaker and Shane McMahon. Undertaker and Shane McMahon wrestled for three, or not three hours, 30 minutes and five seconds. And there were 15 seconds of it that were really cool. Exactly. Um, I was kind of stunned when I, when I when I flipped over to the Twitter machine and saw some of the reactions to this match. I was bored to tears. For the entirety of this match. And then I was intrigued when Shane attempted suicide. And then I was bored to tears for the remaining two minutes or whatever. This match was terrible. It was it was tedious. It was long. It was boring. Uh, it, it was not compelling in the least. It had a hard. It was the first point in the show where I had a hard time. It had a hard time holding my attention. I, I, I really was looking I, I wanted to open up new windows on my laptop and okay. see what the yeah. see what the Reds were up to. For, you know, you starting were, with opening day tomorrow. Yeah. So it, it just I, this match was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, a lot of people saying, "Well, what did you expect?" Well, what does that matter? 
All that matters is that what I saw was shit. That's all that matters. So if you take away Shane falling off the top of the cage, what are you, what are you left with with this match? It was a mediocre brawl. It was a run-of-the-mill brawl. You know, the hell in the cell didn't come into play other than Shane's dive. You know, it was a nothing. It was, it was very boring. Very, very boring. I, I, you know, I think everything was building up to the crazy spot. So for me, I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, okay, when is the crazy spot happening? Is he flying off the cage? Are they going to have a lot of people interfere? I mostly thought that there was going to be interference. I did not think Shane McMahon was going to win or lose this match without any help possible. Um, I also thought Shane McMahon was going to win. So the Undertaker winning, while probably not, uh, you know, actually being what would people would consider a surprise, it surprised me because I thought with all the uh, with all the different stipulations that were added, making it seemingly obvious per se that the Undertaker was going to win. I thought this was the match that Shane would, especially after all the uh, all the heel stuff leading up to this. I thought this can't all just be so Roman Reigns looks great saving the show, but as we found out, that was. Sort of that. Maybe actually uh, for a different surprise. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, The Undertaker wins. So Shane does not get control of Raw. No big change of creative plans for the next six months. Uh, we're, we're never going to find out what's in the lockbox, right, Joe? Well, they drop that after the first week. Yeah, I, I thought it was just a uh, character device, a, a device to uh, basically start the plot that, hey, this is why Shane is back, but it's not going to mean anything. Right. And you were right. You nailed it. Yeah. But. The other takeaway I had here was Shane McMahon kind of ripped off Dean Ambrose's gimmick in this match and kind of outshined yeah, him yeah. doing a similar act, but doing it in a more important spot. And obviously they, they look, it, he, he basically did the Dean Ambrose act, but they work harder in getting Shane over, which is baffling because Dean is the one who's going to be on the roster for the next 10 years. And as someone who has shown signs as someone that you could potentially build. And then they have Shane come in and basically, you know, rip off his act. And do it higher on the card. It's, yeah. it's again, just some baffling booking here and some back baffling decisions. And, uh, you know, it's it's he kind of stole Dean's shine there. And and I think that also plays sort of into the way that the Brock and Dean match ultimately uh, was booked as well, because they wanted to save all of that for Shane. I gotta give my Shake Them Ropes co-host Jeff Hawkins some credit. And he's going to listen to this entire show and be able to hear this. Uh, Jeff Hawkins thought that Charlotte was going to retain the women's championship also was the only one on our prediction team to pick Chris Jericho to beat AJ Styles. So his pessimism really kind of helped him out on this show. As far as predictions go, getting in the mind of Vince McMahon helped him out. As far as predictions go, uh, I want to go back to the Dean Ambrose thing for one second. I tweeted this out that, you know, guys like Kurt angle won because of skill Brock Lesnar wins because of power Rey Mysterio won because of speed Dean Ambrose, the only way he ever wins, and he still doesn't even win this way. He loses matches even after making a fool of himself. He always has to have a weapon of some kind. Like, he doesn't win wrestling matches. He is a crazy guy who uses weapons to embarrass himself. Is that a, is that a, uh, a character that can continue to get over? I mean, you're not wrong. I think that he has so much charisma that he can continue to get over that way. The problem is when they, when they make him... When he when he becomes too goofy, yeah, when he becomes a rodeo clown. It's goofiness. That's when, that's when he stops getting over. I just thought this build to this entire match with Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar was ridiculous because you have Dean Ambrose basically saying, listen, I'm I'm smaller than you. You're going to beat me up a lot, but I'm going to keep standing. I'm going to get up. Not that I can beat you back, but that I can get up after you beat me down. But now I'm going to get a whole bunch of weapons. The, the final go home 
to Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar was not an intensive stare down. It was not a, a brawl. It was not a, I'm going to beat you. It was Dean Ambrose running around with a wagon collecting weapons for this match on Sunday, a wagon, by the way, that he didn't even bring down to the ring. So a lot of, you know, good that did his whole search on Monday's raw for all these weapons. Uh, I just thought the buildup was ridiculous. And then it it didn't help that the street fight kind of ended anticlimactically. And you have Brock Lesnar winning. And now if they don't do Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, we talk about how Chris Jericho might leave AJ Styles looking like a goof. Brock Lesnar might not be coming back for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. uh... We talk about Roman Reigns. I don't even I don't even know if he's going to come back for Roman Reigns. I don't know if he's he's going to come back for anyone. Um, well, well if, Rob, just just from a logic standpoint, it, you know, coming out of it, it it seems like they that he'd be Reigns next Reigns first challenger. He but should again, logic doesn't always play a factor into these things, as you well know. So who knows? Yeah, I think the guy that got punked out by the Rock might be Roman Reigns' next challenger. For all I know. Uh, but yeah, I just didn't like the Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar thing. Is it time for Brock Lesnar to wrestle a free match, a match on a raw or a SmackDown? Is it, you know, kind of holding Brock off for the pay-per-views? Uh, should that be over? I would have to know the contract details and how much it's costing them to know whether that would be worth their while. Um, I would say I, I would prefer to keep him special though. Okay. Yeah. I, I think working a match and kind of using that to, uh, not necessarily pop a rating, but to make a raw feel special. We've, we've done the WrestleManias. We've done, you know, multiple pay-per-views now that have been off of the big four. I think it might be time to uh, say, Hey, Brock Lesnar, two weeks from now is going to wrestle Dean Ambrose again. It doesn't even have to be a big match. Maybe instead of putting him on the, all these network specials, put him on a raw uh, to help pop that rating a little bit and just make the the show more interesting. I think the key there, Rob, is what you said in two weeks. What you don't want to do. You don't want to have him come out tomorrow on Raw and say, I'm wrestling tonight. Correct. Or or you next week, you don't want to send out a tweet at three o'clock in the afternoon right. and let and, and telling people Lesnar's going to wrestle. Build it up for a number of weeks and try it that way. See if he delivers a number. Because then if he does, that's an idea you can put in your back pocket and pull out, you know, two or three times a year. All right. If you are in the chat room or waiting to uh, do a call in, I'm going to open up the phone lines. We're going to see how that works. If you are loud on the other end, I will have to uh, cut you off because we don't want a whole loud phone line uh, ruining the audio or anything like that. Uh, But uh, we will open up the phone lines to get your opinions on WrestleMania 32. uh, Thumbs up, thumbs down. What was your favorite match? That sort of thing. The phone line is 260-494-3811. So if you want to call in 260-494-3811, with Rob and Joe Lanza. Uh, we go on to the next match here as we await to see if anyone wants to call in. Uh, we had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal won by Big Banter. Baron Corbin comes up from NXT and eliminates the Big Show to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in just under 10 minutes. He was your NXT entrant. Is Baron Corbin going to come up to the main roster and do anything, or is he going to take this Andre trophy right back there to NXT? I think he's going to take it right back to NXT. I don't have a problem with him winning this. I don't have a problem with him taking that trophy back to NXT. Um, I, you know, I, I think he should go back to NXT. I don't think he's ready for the main roster. My fear is that Vince has taken a liking to him and pulled a Braun Strowman and wanted uh-huh. him called up immediately. That would be a mistake. He's clearly not ready. Um, but yeah, I, 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 regardless of whether he comes up or not, I did not have a problem with him winning this battle royal. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the not ready aspect of it, especially when we have guys like Braun Strowman up on the main roster. 
Uh, I feel like over the last year, and it's uh, it's been basically a full year now when he started morphing into this current heel character, uh, you know, going away from the biker baby face who didn't talk to now a pretty strong heel character. I like Baron Corbin. I like the potential that he brings. I don't think you're going to put him in the main events, but if you give him a couple of months of, you know, beating up undercarders, maybe even beating up the Zack Riders of the world, Baron Corbin is a candidate to go win the Intercontinental Championship tomorrow on Raw. I really think he is. I think there's a problem. The problem with bringing him up now is you, you run the risk of him being exposed because if you bring him up, he's going to work twice a week on TV on Raw and SmackDown. He's going to have, you know, occasionally he's going to have a 12 to 15 minute match on TV. And yep. there, there is a, there is a definite chance you could expose him and then you could uh, do irreparable damage to him in the eyes of the fans. I, I don't think there's any need to rush him. The guy is, is, is for all intent and purpose, still a rookie. Keep him down NXT, let him do his thing down there, let him move up the card in NXT, let him work with a – look, all those great opponents in NXT he can work with a variety of different opponents. He can continue to learn. I would not rush him up. And the fact that uh, Strowman is on the main roster and they bring yeah. some other people up too early, why compound mistakes? Sure. Strowman could be down in developmental right now, uh, not even on TV, just doing the Florida house show loops, learning and getting better and developing – uh, instead, what is he doing? He's on the main roster, standing in someone's corner and never working. Yeah, he stands and, around and, a lot, and, and that's and not going to help anyone. It's not helping him. No. It's 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 bad for him. It's bad for everybody. So I, to me, I'd let Corbin. You know, I'd leave him down developmental and let him learn a bit. We got a caller on the line five zero two area code. Your name and where are you calling from? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Jason calling from Arizona. Hi, Jason from Arizona. Jason, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down on WrestleMania thirty two. Oh, the thumbs down, big thumbs down. Like this, oh. this wasn't like the worst show of all time, but it was just so depressing. So depressing. Okay. Uh, is that, I think that's the angle. I think that is why there are a lot of neg negativity on this show. If you're just looking at this show in a vacuum, like, uh, you know, doesn't matter who wins, doesn't matter who loses. Was the show entertaining? I don't know how you can not say it's entertaining, but yes, if you're, if you're talking about disappointment, you know, you're invested in characters and those characters are losing. Uh, I can definitely see that angle of it. Um, so you think it was disappointing. Is that fair, Joe? Is that fair to say that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the negativity on this show might be coming from those disappointed that their favorites didn't win or just the, what we could all call a logical booking. If we were thinking about what's going to happen in six months, a year from now, I think it's a combination of all those things. You know, all of those things play a part. Look, WrestleMania is almost never a great in ring show. I mean, you know, I talk about that a lot. You're watching WrestleMania for the atmosphere and the, the big event feel and the surprises and things like that. But with that said, this was a disappointing WrestleMania, even if you're someone like me who comes in with tempered expectations. Yeah. Uh, it was Jason, right? Jason, uh, I already, yep. I have the worst memory. I already mentioned this earlier. I have the worst memory of all time. Um, Jason, did you have a question for Joe and I or, uh, or a comment on the show? Uh, well, a question for you, and sure. I kind of came in late on the show, so I'm sorry if you already kind of went over this. But Go for it. What did you think about the whole Jericho going over like that just makes no sense to me because why continue this program? Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people are questioning uh, that that might be one of the bigger results that people are questioning. Uh, honestly, Jason, on the show, actually, Jason, that's exactly what we said when we talked about it. It just there's no reason to continue this program. This should have uh, this should have just been a reason for uh, really for 
Chris Jericho to kind of go away and AJ Styles to cement his place now in WWE. That's what it should have been. I, I question the victory. I like the match. I, I definitely question the victory. And uh, Jason, yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, uh, another thing I was going to go over was, I just, what you think about that uh, main event blood feud that was uh, slow paced and works the arm and Triple H doing, I think, NWA babyface spots, tossing out of the ring, holding the ropes open for him, just looking like a tough guy. I just, they couldn't make Roman more of a chump if they tried. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to talk about that match. Uh, th- Jason, I want to thank you for your call. Uh, go ahead and continue to listen. We'll get uh, the phone lines reopened up here. Um, but Jason uh, talked about the uh, the Triple H uh, title victory. I mean, that was the second longest match in the show, I believe it was, going 28 minutes. Um, that one went really long. And uh, I-, I think I actually felt the length of that one more than the actual cage match. Uh We'll we'll talk about this rock segment in a moment. But what'd you think about Triple H Roman Reigns, uh, Joe? I thought about halfway through the match as they were dying out there that you know if this was an opponent other than Roman Reigns who the fans were willing to get behind because these fans were not willing to get behind Roman Reigns. They weren't. And I knew he look. We knew he was going to get booed, but I did think that you'd have a certain segment of fans who were going to get behind him. Uh, but in this, this he, there was none. No one was getting behind Roman Reigns. They weren't and even I, getting behind him as like the sympathy. Like, I can't believe the way this has been booked. We're going to get behind you just to make you our guy now. Which is what happened last year with Brock. Yeah. They were booing him early, but because yep. Brock's work was so great and the beatdown was so effective that the fans eventually rallied behind Roman. That match worked like a charm. It and in hindsight, <laughs> I'm telling you, many years, we're going to look back at that cash-in, which we all liked at the time from a story perspective, as I the worst thing that ever happened to, to, to Roman Reigns. I hated it at the time because I'm like, you you wanted so much to make Roman Reigns the guy. And no one thought going into that WrestleMania that it would work. And then, oh my God, it worked. They were making Roman Reigns look to be like a really good monster. And then they just cut him, you know, cut his legs out from under him with the Seth Rollins win, which is a fun moment. It'll go down in history as one of the most, uh, you know, interesting ways to end a WrestleMania ever. But you're absolutely right, Joe Lanza. It did not end up working. It made kind of a star in Seth Rollins, but you probably sacrificed what could have been a bigger star potentially. At least they thought so uh, with Roman Reigns. That was the time to, to yeah. pull the trigger on Roman. And, and like I was going to say, I think if, if it would have been another baby face in this match, if that were Dean Ambrose in that same match tonight, I think 626, stop coughing. Halfway through that bout, we would have had a different. I don't think we all would have been. I think the fans would have been behind somebody like Ambrose or another babyface, and the match wouldn't have come off as poorly as it did to that point. Yeah. Then the second half of the match, with this the generic heel shenanigans and the sledgehammer, and it's almost as if they didn't even try. It was just the mm-hmm. most generic uh, heel bullshit. The second <laughs> half of the match was utter trash. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered who it was. Uh, six twenty six. The uh, we have a caller on the line. Six twenty six. I this is listen. I, we use Skype here. This is a high end operation, as Joe Lanza knows. Um, I don't have a way to mute the other lines on the call. I don't have a way of queuing in uh, calls to where we don't answer them and pick up until it, we're ready for them. Uh, so if you're gonna call in, I'm not trying to single you out here. Six two six. If anyone's gonna call in, please mute your line until I until I ask for you. Uh, but six two six has tried to call in a couple of times. Uh, your name and where you're calling from. My name is Jose Martinez, and I'm from here, from Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California. Jose, uh, Jose, how'd you enjoy the show? I gotta say, it's like it's it's thumb in the middle. Okay. To be honest, the show was like unpredictable. 
I've seen a lot of people oh, like on true. Facebook, on Instagram, like everywhere saying, Shane McMahon's going to win the Hall in a Cell match, blah, 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 blah. You know, Sasha Bank is going to win the match and she's going to be, you know, the Divas champion. Well, actually, now the women's champion. You know, AJ Styles is going to win. But, you know, uh, you know, everyone, everyone got the predictions wrong. You know, The Undertaker won. Charlotte, she won the new women's champion. And, you know, oh, you're, also you're, you're AJ Styles. He, Jose, you're absolutely right. This was an unpredictable show. I don't think there's anyone out there that would have possibly predicted all of the outcomes on this. This was as uh, as difficult a show to predict, and I didn't even think that going in. I didn't really think it was a difficult show to predict going in. Uh, Joe, did you think this was a difficult show to predict going in? No, I mean, but I got them all wrong. So and, and obviously it was. Yeah, obviously it was because, you know, Vince went out there and said, you know, I'm, I'm changing the game here. I'm not, uh, we're not doing what's logical. We're going to do what we want to do. Damn it. And then this is what gets me though. And this is why I can look at this show in a vacuum and say, I was in, I was entertained because I'm not, you know, I was entertained by the show. I thought it went by and I, I liked most of the stuff that was on it, but then we're going to get to tomorrow and we're going to do another VOW live tomorrow after raw, where I can take back everything I've said tonight because they just fucked everything up. But tomorrow night on raw, we could see them kind of reverse some different things here or act like none of this ever happened. Uh, you know, raw, how they follow up things really tends to be what's actually more important. Uh, but I, this is just a, a really weird show. And Jose, you're absolutely right. It was, it was unpredictable for sure. Um, what, what would you say was the most shocking? Was Shane McMahon not winning the most shocking thing to you? It was pretty shocking, to be honest. It was pretty shocking. But I really like the fact that Daniel Ticker won because, you know, it was, you know, like you said, it's his yard. Yeah. It's WrestleMania. You know, it was just it was just pretty weird if, if Shane McMahon did win. I mean, it is pretty cool if he, if he won, you know, yeah, you know, he's going to change everything in the WWE. But to be honest, it would have been, you know, a little bit weird that Shane McMahon won. But like I said, it's Daniel Ticker's yard, and I'm pretty happy that he won. You're pretty happy so that he won. A little, a, yeah, it's like a little bit here and there. It's just, right. it's just, I don't know what to say, but other than that, you know, I'm glad the Undertaker won the match. I'm really glad he won. All right, Jose, I want to thank you very much for, uh, for calling in here on our, uh, WrestleMania 32 post show. Um, Joe, this, uh, this rock segment before we even go into it, this, this rock segment, we never knew what he was going to do. It was the same situation with HBK, same situation with Steve Austin. Everyone was wondering, why aren't you guys announcing what they're going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And it turns out they didn't want to announce it because it was a surprise, but the rock came out here and ended up working a match in a way he came out. They had an official match. It went six seconds. The rock did the rock bottom to Rowan and pinned him right away so they can get a WrestleMania record now. Uh, which I, I don't even know is there, has there been a shorter match at WrestleMania? I'm not sure, but what'd you think about the rock segment and how they did a match without promoting it ahead of time? Well, they always pushed that King Kong Bundy SD Jones match as being, but, but, but when you actually time that one out, it was like 24 seconds right. or something. They always pushed it to like five seconds or whatever, it was, which was nonsense. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, it'll be a match on his cage match record, but this was a segment, not a match. I mean, it, and as soon as the Wyatts weren't in the Battle Royal, you kind of you kind of knew that they were going to pop up here because they weren't going to leave Bray completely off the show. Right. Um, but look, look, The Rock does nothing for me. You know, I, I hate to be the look, but, but he's always he's the most over person on the Mo show. He's an he, entertaining guy and people love him. And he's the biggest movie star in the world. So I can't ever begrudge them for throwing this guy on the show to get a big pop and do what he's going to do because right. people love it. And uh, look, it. it 
His long promo bored the shit out of me. I don't give a shit about The Rock or what he has to say. And, um, you know, I it's and you're not really sacrificing anything with with, you know, Eric Rowan. That's no big deal. So it was a way to get him on the show and people loved it. And eh, it, it was just a thing, man. I don't know. I'm not really negative or positive on it. It was just a thing. It, it was a thing. And Rowan gets the loss there. I thought they were going to do one after one after one where they, you know, they have the big Rowan loss. And right. then Braun Strowman would come in, he would take a loss, and then we had Bray Wyatt. Uh, it is interesting with Bray Wyatt. I mean, the guy comes out, cuts a little bit of a promo, but effectively, if if there's been reports of a back injury, and it certainly looks like that could be the case, even though he's worked a couple of dark matches and some house show matches where he didn't do much, but he still took bumps, uh, Bray Wyatt not working a match at WrestleMania was a big surprise to me, not even being in the Battle Royal. Um the Rock over Eric Rowan was effectively the semi-main event on the show. And then Roman Reigns wins the world championship. That is the big headline from WrestleMania 32. Roman Reigns is the new world champion. Do you think Triple H is now out of the picture as a wrestler? Or could Triple H be coming to get a rematch as Roman Reigns' first challenge, if you will? Well, one thing real quick. Uh, they don't want to beat Strowman yet, so that's why they didn't do that. Right. If, if they had any guts, Rob, and if you want to take some chances, you have Strowman beat The Rock after The Rock beats Rowan, right? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, what, sure. What can put over Strowman more than that. I mean, that, that, but look, they never think outside the box and do things like yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I got to think, too, that the whole Rock issue was probably, you know, we, they've had reports that it was an insurance issue that they didn't want, movie companies didn't want him working a match while they're filming with him. And maybe this was their out. Like we have a rock match on this show, but really all it was was a little rock bottom, which he's done millions of times Mm -hmm. and didn't necessarily work a match. So there was probably a lot of different stuff going into that. Uh, Last chance for calls, last chance for uh, for open lines on the show. If you want to call in, let's say things is the Skype name. Two, six, oh, four, nine, four, three, eight, one, one is the phone number. Last chance for Joe and I here on the WrestleMania post show. Um, Any other notes from the WrestleMania show itself before I have a, a very important question for you? Yeah, I thought that Rich Krejci nailed it last week. He said that this was going to be your typical Triple H WrestleMania main event. Yeah, he said it, was. it would be a terrible match. Yeah. He put his neck out, and he, and, he, and he said that on our show, and he was right. I sort of played devil, devil's advocate and, and gave them the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. thought that uh, Triple H would get a D and, and Roman would get Because, look, these are both guys who are capable of having good matches. But, boy, was Rich right. This was not a good match. This, this was, was not a this yeah, was no. horrible for Triple H's yeah. main event WrestleMania legacy, and this was not a this was not a feather in the cap for Roman Reigns. A, a bad Roman Reigns performance, a bad Triple H performance, a bad, dry, boring could, shit match all around. It could be Roman Reigns' worst match on pay-per-view as a single. I thought the match with Orton was much better than this, and he's had really good ones with Daniel Bryan, and then he's done, you know, three ways and multi-man matches. I think this was his worst showing on pay-per-view since he's become a single. You could be right, and I'll tell you, there's people who are going to give him a pass because we're going to hear the nonsense about the way Triple H worked the match and Triple H sabotaging him. Look, Roman Reigns did nothing to stand out in that match. He did nothing to pop in that match. He did nothing that screamed, I'm a star in that match. Yeah. And when you are a star, when you have that natural innate ability to be a huge star. You find ways to get over in these situations. If he's going to be eaten up, let's say Triple H is eating him up. If that is the case, then that's more of an argument that this guy isn't the guy. Yeah. Because these people who become stars in wrestling do not allow themselves to be eaten up by opponents. So, you know, they, they, look, I don't want to hear that excuse from anybody. Because I know Jason from Arizona started to allude to that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got <laughs> rid of him before we had a chance to talk about it. But I don't want to hear it. If Roman... 
was the next big thing and a true star, he wouldn't allow himself to be eaten up. I don't think he was eaten well, up anyway. He, he doesn't he doesn't carry himself. No, you're right. He doesn't carry himself like he has uh and, and it's an interesting concept too because Daniel Bryan was not the most ego, you know, egotistical guy. Uh but he doesn't carry himself like a CM Punk or like a Rock or like a Steve Austin where he's not going to take bullshit. Like he's going to exactly. he's going to do Show what he's me, told. You make a good point. Show me an example of CM Punk allowing himself to get eaten up in a match. I mean, it, it, you know, once he found his swagger in that company, there right. was no stopping him. And, and, and then, you know, range just doesn't have it, man. Yeah, he, he doesn't have that. Uh, what you have to kind of, you know, just put yourself out there as the top guy. I mean, Baron Corbin has that to me, which is why I think there's potential for Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin screams to me a guy who's not going to take shit. Now, you may not like Baron Corbin in the ring, but he's not a guy who's going to come in here and take shit. Uh, we have a caller on the Skype line. Keith, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you okay. Keith Harris is on the line uh, with Joe and myself. Keith, how did you enjoy the show? I I I thought it was a sums in the middle show. So I I, I thought it was very good up to the women's match, and uh, the rest of the show was a bit flat. Very me. good up until the women's match, like the divas three way. Um, I thought the wrestling up to that point was very good. You can, I would agree. No, I would, I would agree with that. I I thought the, uh, the wrestling up to that point was really good too. The finishes I think were what a lot of people are taking issue with. And that's what people remember, right? They remember who won, who lost, even though road dog, Jesse James doesn't think people care about who won or who lost. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, we had the divas three way happen. And then, uh, you know, if you you listen to some people in Joe Lanza, and I don't think he's completely wrong, there were there was basically thirty minutes of nothing that came after that, and then you had a battle royal, which isn't going to light anyone's world on fire. Um, yeah, I, I think you might be right there, Keith. Well, one one of the interesting things about the predictability or unpredictability was a lot of the big surprises were um, sort of uh, suggested by the odds changes on the gambling websites mm-hmm. so a lot of money came in on saturday yeah, night in, fa- in fact or- let me let me uh let me stop you right there joe did you see anything about these odds and the equate the crazy odd shifts that some of these gambling websites take on wwe that happened yesterday first of all it's good to talk to you keith after all these years of interacting on twitter huh. but um yeah i i stayed away from that stuff because i didn't want to i didn't want to know so I didn't I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, it, it's oftentimes and Keith, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but usually the crazy odd shifts are going to happen within an hour kind of of the pay-per-view starting. But we started having these yesterday and it turns out after the fact I didn't take much stock into them. I thought it was probably, you know, a little of nothing. Maybe some false stuff got out there. Uh, but the the one that was really crazy was the fact that Zack Ryder was the big heavy favorite all of a sudden to win the Intercontinental Championship match. And then Zack Ryder goes on and wins that Intercontinental Championship match. I'm like, well, yep, results got out there. Well, it also suggests maybe the writers are pitching, you know, surprise finishes to Vince so they can then bet on the winners because like Zack Ryder to begin with was 33 to 1 odds. Yeah. And he eventually became 1 to 4 favorite or something like that. So So you're, so WWE would be like, who's the biggest underdog? Let's put a whole bunch of money on him and then have him win so we can make even more money off of WrestleMania. Well, I don't WWE. I don't think would do do that themselves. Like, obviously, the McMahon's are rich enough that they don't need to make more money that way, and they could get into a lot of trouble as a company. But the people on the creative staff, you know, you know, under you know other names or whatever, 
you know, they could do that. Yeah, yeah Rob, Rob, I think what he's saying is, okay, so let's say Zach Ryder is a, I'm just going to throw a number out there. Sure. Let's say he's a, let's say he's a 50 to one shot. Yeah. Okay. So what he's saying is maybe these writers can, if they can sell Vince on Zach winning the match and Vince agrees to it, then they can go lay their money on Ryder while yeah. it's at 50 to one. You think Jimmy Jacobs is just saying, Hey Vince, I got this great idea, man. Zach Ryder has to win. And then he goes places his bets and you know, now Zach or now Jimmy Jacobs is the richest man in the company. Right. And then if they, if they can't turn Vince on the idea, it's no loss because yeah, you, you haven't placed the bet yet. Yeah. Don't make the bet. Yeah. No, that's a very interesting conspiracy. And that's what happens when you're a betting website and you take bets on a written scripted. I mean, this is, this is a betting website taking bets. If Ross and Rachel would get together in the finale, basically everyone knows what's going to happen. Who works there? Uh, it's very interesting, Keith, but um, did you notice anything if you looked at because I didn't look at all of these uh, these betting changes yesterday because I thought it was just silly that it was happening a day before. I didn't think they were true. They were serious. Uh, was there any other glaring ones that maybe didn't come true that you know of? I think most of the most of the ones that did come off. So Jericho became a heavy favorite. No. Undertaker no. became a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Which, which what was the other match? Charlotte became a heavy favorite, which okay. was okay. switches from the other finishers. I mean, there seemed to be some matches. Um, so I think a lot of the gambling websites didn't have Corbin down as a possibility. So um, it, probably no one with insider knowledge voted on that. Yeah, you, can't, you can't really vote for other. Can you, I guess you can give, vote for the field. I saw on five dimes, you can vote for, you know, Braun Strowman versus the field. And I would take the field, but yeah, that's uh that's interesting. These betting websites, you all, you sometimes see this. They've been really good though. Lately on pay-per-views, not letting the results out because I've noticed on the last several pay-per-views, including the Royal rumble, which is usually a big one. You haven't had those betting shifts at the end. So it's really hard to tell who's going to win or what's going to happen because the results just haven't gotten out. So they've been doing a better job of avoiding results getting out. But then you have a pay-per-view like WrestleMania where everything should kind of be, you know, settled more than an hour before the show. And that's when you have the risk of uh, someone leaking the results. Uh, anything, uh, anything before I let you go, Keith? Um, I think just in general, I thought this was a show that proved that the company doesn't really care about creating new stars. You know, it's they've put all their yep. eggs in the Roman Reigns basket yes, and they, they are staying the course with that, even though even though the hardcore fans yeah. are clearly rejecting it. The hardcore fans that made this weekend a tremendous success in a lot of ways, too, especially with that show on Friday. Uh, I mean, that show on Friday came off super well. And and, you know, with Shinsuke Nakamura being a headliner on that show, that there's a lot of hardcores uh, invested in that program. But you're absolutely right. Brandon Howard of our website, too, kind of alluded this on Twitter. Um, you know, WrestleMania isn't a show for making any stars or culminating in feuds anymore. Really, it's about mainstream. It's about making moments. It's about making stuff that, you know, the casuals will be interested in. It's the event that they book for the people who haven't watched wrestling all year, which is so funny because WrestleMania used to be the culmination of events that. You know, you're invested in from watching all year. And now it's the show where someone who's never watched wrestling can come in. And this is what WWE is for one night of the week. Am I wrong there, Joe? Is Brandon incorrect there? He's not. And I don't even necessarily have a problem with that. The problem is if you're going to have a seven hour wrestling show, you can do both. You can create stars and you can and you can and you can do things for the casuals who are watching. You can do things for Bill Simmons 
who's going to watch one show a year. Yeah. Okay. And and you can also create stars in the process and to maybe you know hook Bill Simmons right. to watch a few more shows during the course of the year. Yeah, you should you should actually be taking advantage of all these new eyeballs coming in and explaining why a Dean Ambrose is cool to watch, to explain why you should keep coming back to watch Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, to explain why you should come back. And, and now you're a casual fan. And you're watching that main event. You probably know who Triple H is. If you're past the embarrassment of, oh, my God, how was The Undertaker and Shane McMahon still wrestling? You go into the main event and you're thinking, why are people booing this guy against Triple H? Why would I come back and watch if their champion is a guy that no one likes and people like Triple H better? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Keith, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I believe it's the first time you've called into uh, the VOW Live as we've done it. Um, but I want to thank you so much for uh, staying up and calling in to a VOW live tonight. Well, it was a WrestleMania, so and make a special special appearance. Yeah. Keith Harris. Well, thank you so much. Hope, uh, hope we uh, have you back uh, soon in the future. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Keith Harris joining the uh, line. There were uh, a couple of people who called during the show that we weren't able to get to because I, I tried to only answer one phone call at a time so that we don't have the lines all cluttered up. So if you couldn't get on, I, I'm sorry. Uh, we did get a question from Grammarian in our chat room, Joe. Uh, is a super long WrestleMania, now that pay-per-views are on the network and most exclusively on the network, uh, are super long manias going to be the new normal? We went an hour over the scheduled time here on this show. Is that going to be something that they do more in the future? Yeah, I tell you what, now that they've done it, I believe this is the first time they've done that. This is the and first overrun, the first pay-per-view that's overrun, I believe, since Havoc 98. Sure. And I, I think there was a big fear because, you know, they're, they're still doing, what is it, 20,000 pay-per-view buys or whatever the number is, uh, you know, tradition. And I don't know what happened to those people tonight. Well, I'm assuming. I, I think, I don't know because I didn't watch. I'm wondering if they actually built in the time. Because normally they do build in like a half an hour for post-show sure. that ends up just being like the preview for the next airing of the pay-per-view. Right. But, but that's sort of a buffer and you don't right. want to have to use it. Right. You know, it, because of replays and things like that, it screws everything up on, on you know, on the cable side. And, and but, um, well, to your point, too, also, I noticed that on the pre-show when Renee Young was going over how you can order this on the network, she also did push that you can order this on pay-per-view. Like it was, again, a situation where they didn't want to lose the hundred thousand pay-per-view buys that they might have lost because normally right. on a pay-per-view, it's going to be about 10 to 20,000. They actually did push that you could order this on pay-per-view on cable and then they go out and have a show that ends 45 minutes late. Look, we just said we just talked about why. I mean, you have these casuals who are just jumping in for this doesn't matter to them that the network is 999 it's right. the only show they want to watch and they're just going to plunk down their 60 bucks and sit down with the family and watch wrestlemania so um yeah and again you, you don't want to sacrifice that because we're, they're not to the point that's still a lot of money they're leaving on the table if, uh, when you're talking about a hundred thousand pay-per-view buys if but you to answer your original question ahead. yep i think now that they've they've sort of been hesitant to go over even though the network is their own deal and they can do what they want now that they have I believe you're going to see the floodgates open. I don't think you're going to see it on every pay-per-view, uh -huh. but when it, when it, when there's a time crunch or extenuating circumstances, now I don't think they're going to have that innate fear of doing it. And I think you are going to see it more often now. Yeah, there we have someone in the chat room saying they think that on cable they had an hour post-show scheduled, so that kind of eats into the post-show, so you still got that on pay-per-view. I didn't hear any reports of someone watching on pay-per-view getting you know, a, a cutoff show. So I think that's, I think that's the important part. If you were watching on pay-per-view, I believe you got to saw or see all of it, 
But again, we don't see many reports of people watching it on pay-per-view. Most people are watching it on the network now. And you're right, someone in rural Indiana where there's not really high-speed broadband internet, but you can get direct TV, uh, you're probably upset that you can't watch the show. You know, there's not well, a bar, there's well, not a bar know, nearby that's showing it. Sure. And that that one time a year viewer who's going to watch WrestleMania yeah. isn't going to com- isn't going to communicate with a website or a Twitter feed like ours. So we're not right. going to hear from those people. Right. That's true. Um, the, the, the one thing, though, is, like I said, it can potentially screw up the replay schedules if those replays are set up for a certain window. But at this point, I don't think WWE is overly concerned with annoying the cable companies. Right. So they, they've, they've already pissed them all off. Yeah, that's true. They're already at odds with all of them. So what difference does it make now? We got Alf on Twitter uh, saying Roman versus Dean at Survivor Series was pretty shitty. So I don't re- I don't remember that match, uh, you know, move for move or anything like that or how I felt about the match at the time. Uh, but that maybe that was less uh, maybe that was worse in a way than Triple H and Roman tonight. Uh, but either way, if it's not the worst pay-per-view match he's had so far, it's the second worst because uh, he's had some pretty good ones on uh, on that show tomorrow night. This was the important big question for Joe Lanza prognostication here do we see anyone new on raw tomorrow night and if so who i think we do i think it'd be a blown opportunity if they don't um but but i'm can, i'm gonna cheat my way out of this answer rob cheat it because i have not watched nxt yet because i was in dallas oh so okay i don't really have a feel you were at a cd lucha show instead of watching nxt takeover i just want to put that on the record that is correct and i almost saw la Parka die god you did before. If, if you don't know what he's talking, go follow. Was that on your personal account or was that on the Voices account? It was on the at Voices Wrestling. If okay. you if you if you just search, uh, I think you can click on Twitter a gimmick where it's just pictures and videos. Yeah, uh, I posted videos all weekend long. If you roll back to the Lucha Show, uh, there was a situation with Laparca, and I've got plenty of videos that cover everything. I mean, it was a real scary situation. We thought he was dead. It, it was amazing. Go watch it. Uh, go watch the videos at Voices Wrestling on Twitter. Yep, quite the weekend. So you're going to cheat your way out of the answer just because you haven't seen that show, right? Yeah, so I don't have a feel with how yeah, they yeah, yeah. treated people right, with their yeah. finishes and whatnot. I, I got to tell you, I still don't know who won the title match. I've managed to stay unspoiled. I don't know who the champion is. So oh. from that perspective, you can see where I'm coming from. So if like yeah. Finn lost... I would say, sure, Finn will show up tomorrow. They wrote, they wrote him off. You know what I mean? But I I, I, re- I don't know. I only know one result. All I know is is Nakamura beat Zane. That's the only thing I know. So I can't. I, I'm cheating my way out of that answer. I think the, we will see some new faces, but I, I can't tell you who. I got, a, uh, I got a text just now from Jeff Hawkins, who was unable to find a quiet place. So we will not be calling in tonight. But I got a text from Jeff Hawkins, who says he's driving to the hotel, and he just passed a truck blasting us through their system so if you are a truck in the dallas area blasting us through your system i appreciate you for uh, watching and listening uh, to joe lanza and i talk for a long time about wrestlemania 32 um we got a lot of thumbs in the middle no one that called in or no one in the chat room that i'm seeing said thumbs up we got a lot of thumbs in the middle uh, i'm going to take one more call on the show to try and get myself a thumbs up and a backer joe so this is me basically just trying to cheat my system into getting a thumbs up three, four, seven. You are on the line, your name and where are you calling from? Uh, this is Nasir and I'm calling from New York. All right. I want to thank you so much. This is, this is the worst thing I can ever do right now. You waited all this mm-hmm. time to call in. I want to thank you so much for calling in. There's only one thing I want from you. 
And if you don't give me the right thing, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to hang up on you. So maybe this is, you know, biasing and, you know, polluting the pool here, but three, four, seven thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down on WrestleMania 32. Thumbs down hundred percent. And you're gone. Rob, you are a cruel, cruel man. Yeah, I just did that. That fellow waited. How long did he get on? He waited an hour and 20 minutes to call in. Yeah. <laughs> he gave the show a thumbs down. And I said, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that. I'm a horrible host, J- Joe. We got, we got people blasting this show out of car radios in Dallas. Let me tell you something. This, this is a big deal, Rob. Joe Lanz is a draw. Joe Lanz and, is a draw. And you're running off the callers. I told I told Rich yesterday or Friday night when he called him for NXT that he was a draw. You're a bigger draw, so don't get a huge head. Um, 260-494-3811 if you thought this show was a thumbs up. If you thought this show was a thumbs up, call in. Explain why. Back me up. Back me up. And and people are in the chat room backing up this guy that just called in. And I'm so sorry I hung up on you. I'm so well, Rob, sorry. I, Rob, I got to be honest, Rob. You haven't really made a compelling case for this being a thumbs up show. Where, that I, I enjoyed from? it. That's my case. I enjoyed the show. Do I see all what everyone is talking about as far as these finishes not making sense? Yes, I agree. The finishes made no sense. But I'm not letting every finish dictate how I felt about the... Uh, the match quality and what I thought was entertaining to me. I thought, you know, Steve Austin, HBK, Mick Foley coming back. Well, it wasn't for a big deal. I thought that was a fun moment. That's a moment I will go back and watch uh, on this network in the future. I will go back and watch the return of HBK at WrestleMania. I will go back and watch uh, probably the rock segment. I will go back and watch Shane McMahon falling off the cage. I will go back and watch actually the first two hours of the show almost in full because the match is really good. I'll go back and watch that pre-show match with the Total Divas, I tell you that. I'm going to go back and watch Eva Marie hitting a sliced red and Mara Ronaldo having to be told from the back what the move is actually called because Mara Ronaldo only studies 90s and 2000s New Japan and doesn't actually study the content he's actually calling right now. I'll go back and watch all this stuff. Now you're fired up. See, I got you the ba- That's what I'm talking about, Rob. Now we know why it's a thumbs-up show. You had not provided that previously, so there you go, It man. was a thumbs-up show to me. I, I want to thank everyone for watching this show. People are calling me out healing. You know, you are all right. That guy called in. He waited so long. He's never going to call in again. He's probably never going to listen again. So I, I ran him off and I apologize for that. But he stood on his principles and you got to you have to respect that. He stood on his principles. He was not going to lie just to stay on the air. And yeah, that, but you still you listen, you still did him dirty. And uh, oh, I know I'd like to tell that gentleman, whoever he is, he's more than welcome listen to the voices of wrestling podcast where <laughs> oh <laughs> you we- know what hold on a second hold on a second hold on one moment three four seven you're on the line your name and where you're calling from just called yes welcome back he called back in <laughs> i had to try you had to try and i'm a i i felt bad sir i felt what was your name again nasir 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 where are yeah. you calling from new york New York. So it is uh, 1.30 in the morning there. Have you been listening to the entire show? Yes. So I, you call in. It's your last shot. I'm, t- I'm talking about last call here for call-ins. You're like, oh, I got to get on because they're not going to take any more calls. And then you come on, and I just hang up on you for giving me the wrong answer. I, I apologize. I am sorry. This is my babyface return. I'm big show here. I'm returning babyface after only an hour. Uh, what, what is your question for Joe and I? I, I mean, what did you think of... I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. No, don't push but your I'll, luck. I'll I've already hung up on you once here. 
Nasir. Right. I'll make this in white. All right. Do you think anyone got buried um, last night? Joe Lanza, was anyone buried tonight on Raw? And the caller is right, last night on uh, on WrestleMania 32, not Raw. I made a Freudian slip there. Uh, buried is a strong term. I think buried gets thrown around a little too much. Um, I, I don't think anyone was buried necessarily, but there were people on this show who were not treated well. I, I really don't understand the treatment of new day on this show. That's one that I just cannot let go of. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best one I was thinking of new day. What about Shaq? Was Shaq buried on the show? I mean, he shouldn't have been there at least not in that capacity. Shouldn't have been there. This was the big WrestleMania celeb uh, kind of appearance here. Shaq was they the big celeb. Promoted, if they were going to do it, they should have promoted it, but he shouldn't have been in a match. That was, that was, that was odd. Do you think, uh, Joe, do you think anyone watches that wouldn't have watched previously if Shaq was announced beforehand? You know, in the old days, you'd want to announce that sort of thing yeah. to get people to buy tickets to the show or to mm-hmm. purchase the pay-per-view. But I think at this point, when they know they're selling 80,000 tickets or whatever, regardless of whatever the fuck they do, they just don't care anymore. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because and I think, you know, it, it, it's they've done a tremendous job over the years building up the WrestleMania brand. To the point where as soon as where, where is it next year? Orlando, Orlando, Florida, the magic city. The second they put those tickets on sale, whenever that may be, they're going to sell them all. And that's the problem. Um, I'm not going to do my blind ticket rant. You can hear that on my own show. But that feeds into this. And, and and you know, it's you, you don't have to try as hard if that's going to be the case. If, you're, if WrestleMania is going to be the draw, it, it, the only thing that's going to turn around uh, these shows if people aren't happy with them, is if they don't run right out to Ticketmaster or whatever the fuck and buy tickets to these things 10 months out and sell the building out. Don't make it so easy on them. But people are afraid they're going to get shut out and we're going to see this cycle repeat until, uh, you know, they they, they they do something catastrophic to truly run everybody yeah. off. I said Orlando the Magic City. That was kind of what they said in the ad, which a lot of people thought WrestleMania was going to go to space. Uh Orlando isn't even the magic city. Miami is. So I don't know exactly what they were trying to do there. I think Disney, I think they were playing up the fact that Disney is there. Or the Orlando, Orlando, the Orlando magic basketball team. Oh, they are in there. Oh my God. Basketball. Uh, It's baseball season. Joe, today is the first day of baseball season. I've forgotten everything about basketball. All my Miami heat fandom is gone. I don't care what Chris boss. If Chris Bosch comes back or not, I don't care what Whiteside does in his future. I'm all about baseball. Now I'm all about baseball. Nasir, do you watch baseball? No, I don't. Are you a are you a sports fan of any kind? And this goes right, into now, another question. Nope, stop. I, I want to ask Nisir if he's a sports fan of any kind, or is wrestling the sport that you are? Uh, that's your favorite. Well, wrestling isn't a sport, but I, I, NBA is my thing. Bearing wrestling, there wrestling is not real anymore to him. Damn it! Uh, basketball is your uh, is your be- sport. Okay, all right, very good. Yeah. Uh, Nasir, yeah. your Knicks are not doing so well, are they? Uh, I mean, we've. Uh, us New Yorkers have given up on them. They're more of a laughing stock. They are Roman. They they are our, our Roman Reigns. I was I was going to do a bad thing. I almost hung up on you in the middle of that answer just as a bit, but I decided that would be too mean. And I I, I appreciate why. you. Why hang up on me again? I know I, I'm a horrible human. Is why I didn't want to do it to you, Nasir. You sound like a very nice gentleman, Joe. Is this not the nicest call we've had all day? Once he said he didn't like baseball, I would have hung up on him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, re- I love you guys. I really do. All right. I well, got sick and it bothers me. 
well, we appreciate we appreciate the uh, the call here. WrestleMania, so thumbs down on WrestleMania from our final call tonight. It's disappointing, but Nasir, mm-hmm. thank you so much for staying up to the wee hours of the morning to to listen and Thanks call. Thanks for in. my call again. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Whoa! Hey now. Wow! Wow! The language and you guys were calling me the heel Jeez. for hanging up on that guy, and then he does that to. Well, I guess it, it serves us right. It serves us right to do that. Um, WrestleMania. WrestleMania 32, it is come and gone. Uh, so you got out of the question of who's debuting. We'll end on this. You got out of the question uh, because you haven't seen the NXT show yet. And I will say that I think Finn Balor is coming up tomorrow. And I will tell you this, that is not any type of spoiler. Whether he won or lost on Friday, I thought he was going to come up onto this show. And I still think that Finn Balor is going to come up tomorrow. I think Bailey. There's a chance that she comes up, although right now is probably not the best time because you can still do Sasha Banks and Charlotte and Bailey probably shouldn't be a part of that right now. Um, but I think Finn Balor is coming up and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Baron Corbin tomorrow night, too. You know, he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I don't think they're just not going to mention it on the show tomorrow. Um, I'm going I'm to assume Bailey lost because that would have been the, the, the result that made sense. So feel free to spoil that one. I'm pretty sure Asuka won that match. But if that's the case, I think you could be right. She's a possibility. Baron Corbin definitely after winning the Battle Royals right. possibility. And look, I think everyone's been saying the best place to debut Finn Balor would be the Raw after this WrestleMania because you know he's going to get a great response. But with that said, Rob, yep. is that kind of overrated now? Because it doesn't seem to matter because AJ Styles got a great response at the Royal Rumble and looked like a million bucks and yeah. looked like he had another star in their hands. But... but Regardless of the response you get first time right. out, Vince is going to do what Vince is going to do. Vince is going to do what Vince is going to do. You're absolutely right. Uh, I think the first response matters in a way because it gives them faith to continue trying for you for a little while. It also, the first response matters because it tells the crowds in the future that, hey, this guy is a big deal. Maybe we should cheer and we should be invested in this person. Um, but yeah, it didn't work very well for Fandango. I mean, the Fandango had that huge night after WrestleMania with the people going crazy for his theme song. And then he was dead a month later. Uh, so it, it can have a reprieve for some people, but in, you're right. In a lot, in some cases it just won't matter at all. It just won't matter at all. Uh, we will find out tomorrow. We are going to be live here. VOW live tomorrow night after WWE raw. Uh, so, I mean, Joe Lanza saw all this wrestling over the weekend. If you're a fan of the show, you probably watched more than just WrestleMania this Sunday. We got three and a half more hours of TV to go on raw uh before really this wrestlemania weekend is over uh so we we still got time we're gonna be here live on this channel subscribe to the channel follow the videos at me at shake them ropes on twitter so you can get the information about the show tomorrow's show will be all call in so if you didn't get a chance to call in today or want to yell at me some more for hanging up on people tomorrow's show is going to be all call ins talking about debuts surprises the results of the show uh, Joe Lanza, I will give you the last word on this WrestleMania post-show. Uh, I would just like to say that tomorrow, the post-WrestleMania Raw is always one of my favorite wrestling days of the year. Yeah. Know why, Rob? Why, Joe? Because we're going to get obnoxious crowd chants. Yes, we are. We're going to get fans who go into business for themselves. Yes, we are. And we're going to get so much crying about it on Twitter. And I eat it up, Rob. I love it. I love the post-WrestleMania Raw crowd. It's my favorite crowd of the year. 
I love that everybody gets all twisted up into a ball about right. it, whines about it, and cries about it. Mm-hmm. I take glee and pleasure in it, and I hope the crowd is extra obnoxious tomorrow and drives each and every one of you crazy because you all deserve it. Oh yeah, no, I I like I like that too. I like I think it makes the crowd uh, or the show more interesting. You don't know what's going to happen. What I hate is guy who sits next to you and is you know, talking about how he knows everything and how he knows people. Like I hate guy next to me more than I hate crowds as a whole, whether I'm in the event or, uh, or watching on TV. You are correct, sir. But tomorrow I will be on my couch and I don't have to worry about the obnoxious guy next to me. All I know is the post mania raw crowd is yeah. the best crowd of the year. It takes that show up a notch. Super and, awesome. Uh, I cannot wait for the rampant complaining from the whiners. <laughs> it, it, it pleases me greatly, yeah. airport. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I want to thank everyone for watching. I want to thank everyone for getting us to 1,000 subscribers. You are all the best. We will see you back here tomorrow for VOW Live. Catch the Voices of Wrestling podcast with Joe and Rich this week. Catch Shake Them Ropes with Jeff and myself this week. Jeff was at every event this weekend. We'll talk to him about it. Uh, thank you for staying up late night with us here on VOW Live. We'll see you next time. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.